welcome to I Read a Book Once. My name is Emma, and this is a podcast where I talk about books. Today, I'm going to be talking about Love for Beginners by Jill Shalvis. Before we get into the book, I feel like I gotta talk about where I've been for the past, I don't know, month and a half, month, however long it's been. So if you are an every week listener, which I don't know if I have any, but if I do, first of all, I want to apologize for disappearing, excuse me, disappearing without a trace for the last month or so. Basically what happened was I was reading the Finch Merlin books. As you know, if you're a long time listener, I have been uh, making my way through the nine book series and I'm going to release a three-part episode just of all the books at once, similar to what I did for the Harley Merlin books. And so I was trying to figure out like what sort of fun filler episode I was going to do instead. And then I didn't record. And then the end of May and all of June were just crazy, crazy busy. I normally, ever since I started my full-time actual job, I don't really have time to record during the weekdays anymore, so I record on the weekends. Now that it's summer and COVID restrictions have list- lifted for the most part, um, I've been a lot more busy. And there was always going to be a week of no episode in June because I was on vacation with my friends, which is actually where I read this week's book, Love for Beginners, and half of next week's book instructions for dancing which just wait till that's gonna be a good episode guys because i did not like that book spoiler alert this one was pretty good though anyways like there was always gonna be an episode off and then life just kind of got in the way and things were kind of crazy in my personal life so the podcast had to take a back seat but i'm back i'm really excited to do this episode i've already recorded two Finch Merlin episodes before this, and I'm hoping to record the instructions for dancing episode after this. So it has been a crazy busy recording period. You'll probably hear this episode the week after I record it. So yeah, by the time you hear it, I'll have been on a break for about a month and a half. If you're wondering about my Instagram, that I'm hoping to pick back up when I post this episode, but that has also been on a break for similar reasons. Also, I just don't like taking pictures on like, I love reading and I love making this podcast. So the Instagram part is a little bit more of a stretch for me and the enjoyment factor, but we're going to try and pick that back up as well. And one final thing is that I'm recording this episode, not in my closet, but in my bedroom because my laptop is charging. I'm pretty sure the audio quality is about the same, but just so you have an FYI. I'm pretty sure I'm going to be out of breath almost this entire time recording, so bear with me on that. I apologize. Not much I can do about it. Made some bad. Well, I'm recording 4th of July weekend, so we'll just leave it there. Um, One last thing before I get into the plot summary. I read this maybe three weeks ago, so you know how that goes. Although I think it goes better for you guys because you don't get my as in-depth like mentioning every single thing that happened sort of summary. But let's get into plot summary for, oh wait, bro, it's been so long, I almost forgot. If you don't want Love for Beginners by Jill Shalvis to be spoiled for you, which I did kind of, I did like this book, so like I would recommend it for certain aspects, certain times, um, then stop here, go read it, come back, listen to this episode. I have some interesting thoughts to share. So without further ado, let's get into it. So the basic premise for this book is that the main character, Emma, was in a coma. She used to be a big runner and she was running one day and got hit by a car and got in a coma for two months. When she wakes up from the coma, she finds out 
that. Her fiance and her best friend started sleeping together when she was in the coma. How cliche, but like it works. And um, so that's kind of, she's no longer engaged. She doesn't have her best friend anymore. And um, I don't remember what her original job was. I don't know. She like loses basically everything that's going on in her life, right? But now she, it's like a year later, she's been working on PT with this guy, Simon, who she calls hard-ass PT. I think that's actually not a good nickname for him because I don't actually think he's a hard-ass, but like whatever. And um, he has just helped her finally, like she's just finally well enough to move out of the like rehabilitation home plate, like hospital that she was staying in because of like, you know, the... The doctor said she was never going to walk again, but now she can walk and like she can kind of, nah, she can't run at this point, but she can walk and whatever. And so he finds her, uh, he's like, oh, I know this place you can stay and it's on, but it's on the second floor. So she ends up on the second floor in this like Victorian townhouse thing and there's like four homes. Maybe it's like a duplex and like each level, each, whatever. So she ends up moving there. I'm just going to spoil this right now. But, like, immediately when she moves in, she calls the furniture, like, masculine. And you find out that Simon lives downstairs with his father, who had, I think, a stroke. And so, um, he needs, like, full-time care, basically, because he, like, can't do some things. And, like, sometimes his memory's not great, blah, blah, blah. So, you find out he recently moved in with his father downstairs. Bro, we all know where this is going. The apartment that Emma's living in is clearly Simon's old apartment. And you don't find that out for about, like, 250 pages at least. Like, you're almost done with the book when you find that out. But, like, we all been new. And I especially knew. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I told my friends, like, I was, like, 20 pages into the book. I'm sitting with my friends by the pool. And I'm like, bro, this is Simon's apartment. And then it was. Anyway, so basically, I was trying to get her life back on track, trying to figure out what to do. And she works part-time at, like, this dog store slash grooming place slash daycare slash training thing. I don't know. Like, a dog store place. I don't know. And the owner is retiring and is like, if you can get the money together, I'll sell this place to you. So, she's like, this is great. Like, I need a new lease on life. I need a new job. And her whole thing after she comes out of the coma is, like, I'm not going to do relationships. I'm not going to do friendships anymore. Like, whatever. New Emma, blah, blah, blah. This is actually has three narrators, which I think is so wild. The second one is obviously Simon. And so Simon is the PT. He's had to take time off from the PT business. He only works part-time now because his dad basically had this, like, company, like, a real estate company where they, like, owned a bunch of different stores and like real estate in the area so he's had to like work and take over for his dad because his dad's just not well enough to like do that job and so his whole thing is like he feels so responsible for taking care of his father but then he's also kind of miserable about that and he obviously likes Emma and Emma likes him but he's like this is my patience I can't do anything then the third narrator is Allison who is Simon's cousin and is also Emma's nemesis from high school basically they had got in this horrible like fight where the cops get called and wherever in high school when emma ends up winning the scholarship that allison needed to go to school like to the big the best school or whatever 
And um, the reason Allison says she didn't get it is that they both used to work at this like women's center or something like that as interns and Allison was there first and then Emma took the job after when Allison left when she finished her hours and that when the intern or the scholarship people called um Emma apparently said that no Allison never worked there so then Allison keys bitch into the side of her car and then and then Emma calls the cops and Allison gets arrested and she doesn't get the scholarship blah 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 so that's why they don't like each other and so allison works for the company and she's the one that um emma ends up calling to come in to talk about like buying the business from the old owner so the two of them are kind of frenemies but like their friendship slash enemyship whatever it's actually really interesting to see how that blossoms the other thing with allison is her boyfriend her long term boyfriend they dated for about a year just broke up with her because he said she didn't make it enough effort to like get to know his friends and family and they're really important to him and he just couldn't do it anymore this is basically true and that she just like is kind of a cold person but like ah, that's kind of that's not exactly it she just like has the people like once you're in her life you're like in and she's gonna protect you like nobody's business but like if you're not you're really not and she doesn't not that she doesn't care about you but she's not extending the effort into that so basically she wants to get her boyfriend back I forget his name. I guess it might be important to know it. Ryan. I think it's Ryan. Yeah. I'm gonna call him Ryan. Might not be. Whatever. So basically, she wants to get Ryan back. So she's decided that she's going to practice being a friend on Emma. And so when Emma can only come up with half of the money to get the, um, buy the doggy daycare or whatever. I think it is a daycare. Um, she ends up, Allison says, let's be business partners and I'll foot the other half of the bill. And Emma will take care of the day-to-day things. Allison will take care of all of the financial things. And Allison's also like, I can practice on Emma and become better friends with her. Emma ends up taking her up on this because if she says no, she can't afford it. And throughout the book, like for the first part of it, like she gets denied for her loan multiple times, but she does end up getting it, especially now that she only needs to get half the money. And so she is able to, uh, or maybe she doesn't get a loan, but she has half of the money based on her insurance payout. So they are able to do that and they're like working in the business and it's actually going very well. And as they continue to work, they start to become friends and it's cool to see that friendship sort of blossom. Meanwhile, on the romantic relationship side, Simon and Emma are kind of, you know, skirting around it. Like I said, Simon's like, I can't do anything when you're my patient. So Emma's like, okay, I fire you and then kisses him. And then like they have a moment on the rooftop of the apartment house building that they both live in but then like when that when they're like together on the roof Simon's dad ends up like leaving the house even though he's not supposed to and like falling and like having to go to the hospital because he broke his wrist or something like that I can't remember so then Simon feels very responsible because he's like I was with Emma and I should have been with my dad even though like Allison had been down there earlier and was like oh I can watch him till he goes to bed Then he got out of bed, even though he wasn't supposed to after she left, and that's how he got hurt. So then they have some misunderstandings there. Allison is, like, trying to make headway with Ryan, but it's, like, only partially working. She's trying to be nicer to his friends, but it kind of backfires a few times because she never really listened to them. Um, Then, let's see what happens. Then the dad is like, Simon, you just got to go for it. So then him and Emma are, like, hooking up, but then... 
basically what happens is Emma had like she like I said was in the car accident she got hit by the car and the driver of the car his wife died so she feels like she can't be fully healed until she knows that he's okay because he's lost his wife and what has she lost like she can still walk like yeah she doesn't have her fiance or her friends or like anything like that anymore but she just feels like it's not okay to be healed until she knows he's healed so simon is like bro like you're not okay yet like you're not 100 percent because mentally you're not letting yourself and then emma's like i'll show him like i'm gonna sign up for this marathon because before the car accident and like the coma she was like training for a marathon but then she's like you know what new emma doesn't care about that so she cancels it and when she tells simon she canceled it he goes absolutely ballistic like what the heck like you're giving up like this stuff and emma's like no this is just like the new me whatever and he's like no blah 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 they get in a fight and they end up like breaking up or whatever happens and so that all goes down Allison and Ryan end up getting back together. Allison goes to this, like, barbecue thing and um, makes... It's, like, there and she's going to make an effort and she's talking to herself in the car to, like, pump herself up. And one of Ryan's, like, best friends hears her and she, like, apologizes to him for, like, the flub from earlier in the book. And he's like, if you, like, try this much and you mean this, like, it's going to work out. She walks in to overhear Ryan's mom and sister being, like why are you still hung up on Allison? Because he's obviously waiting for her to show up. They're like, she's no good for you, blah, 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 all this different stuff. So then Allison has, you know, the badass bitch scene where she's like saying like, some of this is true, but like I'm making an effort and I love him and like whatever. And then Ryan basically apologizes for always letting his family talk bad about her. So like now at this point, you're like, hmm, maybe Ryan's not as innocent as he seemed earlier on. And she, like, apologizes and says she's going to make more of an effort. And the two of them end up together again. Then Simon realizes he's been an idiot. And him and Emma make up. And then the epilogue is a year later. And she is running that... No, it's a 5K. She's doing the 5K and she's the last one to finish. But she does. So that's the plot. Um, I probably missed some stuff. But that's what we're going with. Let's get into the discussion section. So the first thing I have here is that there was odd pacing in this book. Time passed kind of weirdly. So I read this book in three days. Like I said, I was reading it by the pool at my friend's like condo house place and one of all my roommates from college and we were all hanging out and it was great. And this is a great book to read like on the beach or by the pool, like outside in the summer. Like, if you're looking for a book to read for that specific event, this is a good contender for it. If you're looking for a book to read, like, normally when I read, like, physical, like, hard copies of books, it's for the hour before I go to sleep. This would not have been a great choice, I think, for that. Because, like I said, like, I did enjoy this book, don't get me wrong. I'm, I ended up, like, buying it on a whim from Target because I was very intrigued by this coma subplot. Because for some reason coma subplots intrigue me i also think that hopefully fingers crossed knocking on some wood like i don't think i'll hopefully i'll never be in a coma but i do think if i were in a coma i would be this person who wakes up and has fabricated an entire like dream life for themselves in their like coma sleep i don't know if you guys have ever read or like seen anything like this i read this one book once where um this guy gets in a car crash or something and is 
goes into a coma and then like the lady who like he had saved or whatever comes by and like thanks him for like actually no he like got thrown into a wall from like saving her by some guy beating her whatever and he she like comes by and like holds his hand and like thanks him for like saving saving her and her like three children or whatever and then the guy wakes up and he's like where's my wife and my children and he like names all of them by name and like says things about them that she had said to him and that was actually pretty fun I like stuff like that. Anyways, I do think I'd be somebody who would fabricate that sort of fake life for myself in a coma. So do with that information what you will. But that, needless to say, I do love a good coma subplot. And while her being in the coma wasn't really part of the book, it like was underlined like she had been in one. And like, like I said, I really like this. It's good to read by the beach, by the pool, just generically outside. Not good to read if you're looking for some very serious reading or be like, it would not something that I would have wanted to read like over the span of a week, 60 pages a night, whatever. Because, well not because, but like I think part of this is that there was just odd pacing, like I said maybe three minutes ago. And just the, the, what it was is that time passed weirdly in this novel. And I don't know if part of it is that I read it in three days outside there's other things going on. You're kind of distracted. Like you're putting it, you're picking it up, you're putting it down. Like you're maybe reading 50 pages in a sitting and then you're only reading five and then you're reading a lot. And then, you know what I mean? So that could have been part of it. I don't really know, but it just felt oddly paced to me. Like, especially part of this is that like Emma and Simon had a bunch of random mini fights, which I sort of touched on in the discussion section, but because I read this three weeks ago, some of the finer points have kind of been lost in my mind, you know? And so that was the other thing that was weird is that they would like fight, but then they were made up and then they would fight again and you'd be like, okay, is this one day later? Is this like, because for a certain amount of time, the two of them like aren't dating, but they're like hooking up and kind of seeing each other, right? And so like the question is like, how long was that going on? Like, I think it was going on for a couple weeks and whatever, but like also unclear how long was the store closed when she was like trying to get the ownership, like stuff like that. Like t timing was just odd. Like how it was passing was just kind of unclear. But like that was like, I feel like the main two negative parts of this book that like Emma and Simon had a lot of odd, odd fights that were like, you think like, oh, this is going to be the major conflict, but then it was resolved in the very next chapter. And then like the time jump, but like maybe not a time jump. Like the, that was like confusing for me. But the rest of the book I actually really did enjoy. Let's see. What I really what I really liked was Emma and Allison's dynamic. And like, oh, I forgot to say this, but like basically at the end, the two of them end up hashing out like their high school like fight. And you find out that Emma wasn't the one who took the phone call to say that Allison didn't work there. It was this like mean old lady who used to work there who now like I also didn't talk about this, but this is something I have written down that like at the back of the book it basically says that like she uh, it's this doggy daycare and then like a friend drops his grandpa off there and then another grandparent shows up and another and like so basically they have this doggy daycare but they're also like taking care of like old people for their children or friends or like whoever and so one of them ends up being there and she's like, no, I was the one who took this call and said you didn't work there because I didn't like you and you didn't like me and we were mean to each other, which that is a jank thing to do. So she apologizes for that, but that was messed up. And then Emma ends up saying like, 
that was not like basically then Allison's like you didn't need that scholarship you were a rich girl whatever and then Emma ends up revealing that the car that she keyed was actually her mom's boss's car because her mom's car was in the um garage and then like her mom lost her job and they had to like pay for the car to be fixed and her dad had recently been laid off so actually she did need the scholarship and she was not just like this rich girl with no problems whatever and so after they hash that out the two of them become actual friends oh the other thing they have to hash out is allison using emma as a practice friend emma obviously was quite upset by the fact that allison was using her to practice on because that's kind of like a mean thing to like do slash say is to be like, oh, I was practicing being a good friend on you. I don't know. It just feels odd. And so I thought Emma was like righteously upset about that. But like the two of them end up hashing it out and they're like, you know what? We're actually real friends, not just business partners like we said we were going to be. And so like, anyways, I just really enjoyed it. I thought it was interesting. I also feel like there was like a good representation of female friendship in this book. And the other thing that I liked about it is, like, how often are you seeing, like, books where two people, like, hated each other in high school and now they're coming together and they're becoming friends? Now that I say it out loud, I feel like that's, a th- like, a thing. Like, I feel like that happens. But I just feel like I haven't read it in a while. So I really did enjoy, like, kind of seeing that, like, their friendship progress and grow and, like, the growth in both of them. Specifically and especially Allison's personal growth was great. You see her like being like, okay, I'm going to like care about people now and this is how I'm going to do it and like actually trying. It was so funny because she was so bad at it at the beginning and like, who was that bad at being a friend? Apparently Allison was. But like just seeing her, she was like very committed to trying because she wanted to get Ryan back and she did. So I was happy for her on that and her journey. I really just enjoyed that. Uh, Oh, bro, you guys. Look at me forgetting all this stuff. No wonder why the plot summary was short. At the end of the book, Emma ends up um, meeting with the guy whose wife died and finds out that he's actually engaged and like going to be getting remarried and like whatever. That he's also had similar struggles of being like, I can't be okay if I don't know that the runner, i.e. her, is okay. And the two of them end up forgiving each other. And then that's after then Simon comes and she ends up saying like, you were right about me holding on. And he was like, you were right about you having like a new lease on life wanting to be a different person now whatever and then they make up blah 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 i did like although like i did complain earlier about like the pacing of emma and simon's like relationship being weird i thought they were well matched and i was rooting for them to get together and actually figure things out one thing that was weird though is like simon's whole thing was like i'm too busy to date because i have my dad's business and taking care of him and like all this different stuff and, like, he previously dated his, like, co-worker slash boss at his PT office, and they're still, like, good friends. I'm not saying you can't still be good friends with somebody after you break up with them. But, like, it was just kind of a weird... That was just kind of odd. Um, also, going back to the thing about the babysitting the old people, that was false advertising on the back of the book. Yes, they do end up having old people there. Like, there's this one... the old owner of the store always had this one old lady stay there and I can't remember if she was a worker's mom or if it was her mom and so she came with the store right and then Simon ends up like bringing his dad there some days because he just needs somebody to watch him and Emma says that's fine and then like I said the the other lady who I talked about earlier ends up being dropped off there by somebody else but like the way the back of the book makes it sound which I don't think I read it to you guys but like 
that basically makes it sound like then they end up being a daycare for old people also. And it wasn't really like that. Like, you knew they were there, but they weren't really a big part of the story. So I feel like that part didn't really need to be on the back of the book. I didn't mind that they were there. It was kind of fun for at certain parts, like having um, Simon's dad there, but I don't know. Let's see. What else do I have on this? Okay. One other thing. So I've talked about how Allison has been like trying to be a better friend and like doing all that stuff. So one thing is that like the book at, for each chapter, it had like chapter three. And then um, the main character, Emma, has this service dog named Hog, who is a big fluffy dog. I don't know what kind of dog he is. I can't really remember. But like, so then there's like a little picture of him. And then in each chapter, there's a step that matches with the chapter. So like this one says, step three, be aware of your RBF, resting butch face. So this is the first chapter that Allison has a point of view in. That's another thing. The book, it just seemed like I thought this entire book was just going to be in Emma's point of view. And then all of a sudden you had Simon and Allison's point of views. And I was like, whoa, three point of views. It was a bit odd that we had Allison, but not her love interest, Ryan's point of view. But his point of view was kind of irrelevant. He was definitely just a side character. Okay, thank God. I just see on this page that Ryan is the boyfriend's name. So thank God I was calling him the right name this whole time. But anyways, I kind of enjoyed these cheesy tips. They're obviously like in Allison's first chapter, she talks about how she um, got this book or went on a website or something on like ways to like make friends and like be a friend and like things like that. These are clearly tips from like the website or things like that. But it's also kind of fun because the tip or the step always coincides with what's going on in the chapter as well. So the one I just read about RBF, like that's Allison's introduction chapter. And that's like a thing about her is that she has RBF and that she's like working on smiling so she can appear more friendly and open when meeting other people and doing things like that. So the tips were definitely pretty cheesy, but I also kind of liked it. And I think it definitely worked and it added a little something, something to the book, like not a lot, but having them there just really like brought home that the title of this book was Love for Beginners. Let's just talk about the title. Like this isn't written down on my sheet, but like Love for Beginners is kind of a dumb title. Like it's basically like a self-help help book title. Like I would never title a book Love for Beginners, but it also kind of works because um, Ryan, no, not Ryan, Allison is learning to be a friend and like how to be like a good partner in a relationship like, she was, like, a good girlfriend, minus the fact that she didn't want to hang out with his friends or his family. That's really hard to be in a relationship and not do any of those things. So she's the love for beginners for her. Emma, at the book, throughout the book, is like, I'm not going to do relationships, no friendships, no boyfriends, no connection, whatever. And so she's also relearning how to love, so love for beginners. And Simon's never really had a long, serious relationship because he's always been more concerned with his career as a PT or taking care of his father and his father's business. So he's also having some love for beginners. So the title actually works, even if it is kind of dumb. Let's see if I have anything else on here that I want to talk about. Okay, the last thing I want to talk about is Simon, which I feel like I touched on this kind of, but like, so I really liked Simon and his character. And like I said, I thought him and Emma worked well together. And like, he was a good boyfriend once he like got over himself. But like, he and I also liked his struggles. Like, 
I liked that he was struggling with the, like balancing his own life with taking care of his father because I think that's a really real part of life when your parents get older. I'm obviously not old enough where I'm like in that sort of part of my life, but like through media or through like people I have seen in real life or things like that, like you know that that is a thing that like when you get older and your parents get sick or struggle or things like that, like you do need to take care of them, but sometimes that means your life kind of gets put on the back burner. So I did enjoy that and him figuring out like, the other thing is him and his dad didn't have a great relationship when they were younger. And his mom like died and made him promise to um, take care of his dad and like whatever, blah, blah, blah. So like all of that. So like I like Simon's struggles, but this man needed to get over himself. I like he took, I'm a very serious person, but he took everything like everything was his fault or like everything had to be his way or like he overthought everything. I was like, bro, if you just get over yourself, you can be a physical therapist. Just hire somebody to do your dad's job because you hate it. Like your cousin wants to do this. So just promote her, which is what ends up you find out happening in the epilogue. But like, bro, you don't need to be doing this. Just be happy. Be a physical therapist. Get over yourself and thinking like, I can't date my client when she's basically done with PT or could get a different one. And then being like, no, I must spend every waking moment at my father's side or whatever. Like, just get over yourself so you can have your girlfriend also. Like, you can have your career, your girlfriend, and your family, and everything can be okay. You just gotta sit down and think it through and listen to the people who want to help you and accept help. Come on, Simon. And I guess also... I did really, like, this is just a really quick note that I really enjoyed Simon and Allison's relationship as well as cousins. Like, they really did talk about, like, growing up and, like, how they became closer and, like, they were also, like, there to talk to each other about the issues going on in their life. So I really enjoyed that as well. So overall, I would say this was a good book. I enjoyed it. I'm glad I read it. I would say, though, if you want to read this book, it's an outdoor waterside read. You know what I mean? pool, beach, lake, whatever. Um, definitely an easy read, nothing too like strenuous, difficult to understand or anything like that. But that was Love for Beginners. Pretty decent, pretty decent book. I'm glad I read it. Okay, so next week I will be talking about Instructions for Dancing by Nicola Yoon, which is a YA book about a girl who is cursed, I guess, for whenever she sees a couple kiss, she can see the um, way their relationship's going to end. She also is in a dance competition and her dance partner is very dreamy. So that's what I'll be talking about next week. Spoiler alert, I hated this book. I hated it. It was awful. And I'll explain why next week. You definitely want to tune in and listen to that. Also, I did read a d- another book that I just didn't record about called Hero by Perry Moore. It is from, like, it's, like, older. It's, like, from 2007, and I've read it a few times. I originally read it because the main, well, I've read it multiple times, and I really like it, but I read it in June, and I was gonna make an episode for June because the main character is gay, and a lot of the book is about him struggling with not necessarily accepting that about himself, but the fact that, like, society doesn't accept that, and other things like that, and it's really good. I did not end up making a recording for it. So if we get one, it's going to be in a bit. Let me know if you would want that. Oh, and he's a superhero, but he can't let his dad know because his dad is a disgraced superhero. So it's really good. I would definitely really recommend that book to other people. Like if you like superheroes, especially, and you're looking for like something a little bit different, 
but still recognizable. It's a pretty good read. I might record it one day, but alas, that day is not today. I got plenty of other recordings that I need to get through. So like I said, next week's going to be instructions for dancing. You could read along. If you like YA books, you might like this one. I mean, Nicola Yoon also wrote Everything Everything in the Sun is Also a Star, which I've never read, but I think they might have similar vibes to this. I'll let you know next episode. And so let's sign off. You can follow my Instagram at I read a book once blog. I have not been active on it, but I hope to have posted by the time this episode goes live. So hopefully there'll be some new content there. Let me know what you thought of this episode or this podcast in general by either DMing me at my Instagram or sending me an email at ireadabookonceblog at gmail.com. You can also check out my website. I never update and I'm probably going to get rid of in the next month so I don't get charged again by WordPress, ireadabookonceblog.com. So check that out while you can because it's probably going away because I'm going to be moving soon and I need to save my money for that and not spending it on a thing I haven't touched in maybe nine months. Like that seems like a bad investment. So anyways, thank you for listening. This was I Read a Book Once. I'm Emma and I'll catch you guys next time.